Welcome to the Women Who Drone podcast. Join our community. Head to womenwhodrone.co to sign up for online courses, drone lessons, workshops, and more. womenwhodrone.co. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for our Women Who Drone podcast series. I'm your host, Elena Buenrostro, the founder of Women Who Drone. Today, I'm joined by Petra Leary, who is an award-winning New Zealand-born aerial photographer and Women Who Drone brand ambassador. As a world traveler, she hunts out unusual landscapes, captures them from unforeseen angles, such as her signature bird's eye angle from above, and manipulates and accentuates colors in post-production to create her final work. Petra, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm having a good morning. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it is um early for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Petra is in New Zealand and I'm on the West Coast in California, San Diego. So um it was great. We were able to make this happen and uh, appreciate you getting up early for this conversation. How's everything in New Zealand, Petra? Okay, so basically we are just we've we've just gone into lockdown in the last seven weeks. I think it's seven weeks. Um, we're basically experiencing what the whole world experienced in 2020. 2021 is the year that it's happening in New Zealand, which is, um, wow. yeah, so it's a, it's a year delayed and like everyone else is kind of getting back to a normal world now. And um, we had like the normal world while everyone else was living in COVID and now like Delta is here and yeah, the whole, we're all locked down. It's, it's very interesting. Wow. I didn't, I honestly had no idea. I should probably be reading the news a bit more, but I didn't realize that you guys were on full lockdown. Cause I do recall last year that New Zealand was quite unaffected. Like you guys shut down, um, the country weren't letting anybody in. And then, um, now it looks like somehow Delta got in. Yeah. We, we, we had like a short lockdown at the very beginning of when everything happened, like with COVID, um, but then we kind of like, we were the country that had like zero cases for 10 months or something. Um, and then they decided to open like a trans Tasman bubble with Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's how it, how we got Delta and it just like, we went into lockdown. I had my birthday. It was like the 9th of August. And then I think we went into lockdown like a week later. Oh, wow. Um, happy belated. So yeah, we've been. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> We've been in, I mean, like, to be honest, I actually quite enjoy it, the lockdown because it's just, you just have to get so much time to just make art and um, you can't work. So you just have to like work on your own things, which is actually great, but it does yeah. get a little boring after a while. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's something about, um, I mean, it's, it, so it sounds like you can't really go out much to like fly your drone but the good thing for us content creators is we have all this content we could be going through and editing and uploading like i know for me i was uploading a lot of content to our my getty images um account so we can monetize the content um so have you been just focused on the post-production part um, i've literally been going through like the last five years worth of hard drives just um <laughs> Yeah, the last like I've I've got like stacks and stacks of hard drives on my on my table right now because I've been going through and like just looking at old footage, which is cool too because you know you like you shoot a bunch of photos on a day and then you might only edit like one of them, and you kind of just forget about it when you're like constantly taking photos. So going back and like looking at all this old stuff is actually like super exciting, and um, 
that's why I've, I've been uploading heaps of stuff on my Instagram because I'm just I have so much time on my hands right now. <laughs> yeah, I totally hear you. It's it's one of those things where the world goes on pause and you're like, okay, this is kind of you know unfortunate, but at the same time, now I can get all this work done that requires me to be at home. All right. Well, normally I start off these podcasts with uh, tell me about yourself and how are you doing, but um, you know it's always you know, good to understand what's happening on the other side of the world that's affecting our brand ambassadors and our, our community. So thanks for sharing. Um, and on that note, let's talk about you and how you grew up. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm from New Zealand, which is pretty much the bottom of the world for anyone that's been here. And uh, it's quite separated from everything else. So I've kind of always grown up around arts. My, both my parents are artists and it's always been like, something that I sort of found the interest in, like than other subjects. If you've ever been here, you'll know that like, you don't, you can't, you're just so separated that you sort of have to create your own environment with a lot of things. Yeah, that's like <laughs> New Zealand is, <laughs> it's a hard one to explain. Uh, a lot of people didn't even know where it was until like Lord of the Rings came out. <laughs> that's funny. Actually, I feel like maybe that was me when I was younger as well. Um, so kind of it sounds like you come from you know your family's creative um you your parents are artists when was that moment that you know you decided to pick up a camera and you were like I love this and I want to do this so I basically was in I think I was in uni I was studying graphic design and I me and my friends got into urban photography um and like street photography and it was like an instant like thing I was like oh this is so cool just taking photos like climbing up high things to take photos and all that sort of stuff and that was what really got me into it was like I guess it was the combination of a little bit of a risk but and like the fun of it and then the final piece of getting to take the photo like what you see in the image so that was where it all sort of started within like photography got it and so it sounds like you were climbing up things trying to get those sort of bird's eye view photos and when was the moment that you actually discovered drones and that could make your situation a little bit easier or more efficient? Yeah, so that would be it was about six and a half years ago. I just finished uni and I was working as a junior designer. One of my friends was a drone up and he came to do a job for us for the the place I was working at and he gave me a turn on his one it was like immediate hook I was like I'm never I don't want to use my normal camera anymore like I just I went and bought a Phantom 3 that day and like yeah I, I pretty much put down like a camera and I've never really picked one up since then so <laughs> it was like an immediate thing like and my brain was just like I need this <laughs> Wow, so right now you're just taking photos with drones. Yeah, it's very rare um, that I take like normal photos. Sometimes if I'm somewhere, you know, where you can't fly a drone, obviously, or like I've been to like the States a couple of times and I'll do like the helicopter flights. So I'll take a normal camera, but otherwise it's usually just drones, yeah. Hey, I'm right there with you. I When I discovered my drone, I rarely picked up my DSLR after that. So there's just something about having your camera in the sky and the different angles that you haven't been exploring with your, you know, your ground camera that you can just capture the world so much differently. Yeah. Um, but for you, it looks like you have, uh, you know, found a style. Uh, a lot of your work is very geometric. You take, you know, there's a lot of images of basketball courts. Can you talk to us about that? And, you know, how did, how did that get, how did you get started? And what was your, your inspiration? A big influence within the style of my work comes from being into like graphic design 
originally. And just studying graphics, like I always really loved like the geometrical symmetry symmetry and things that you see within it and just like the way that simplicity can look so good you know you don't need to have such a busy thing for it to look great and I think that just the naturally transitioned into the subjects that I wanted to photograph with the drone so that was like I think it was maybe the second time I flew the Phantom I saw like a sports court it was actually like a soccer court or something and uh it just like I saw it and I was like wow that's so cool you know like all the lines and it just caught my eye straight away and that was it pretty much that was that I need to find all the basketball courts and all the sports courts now because there's something about them that looks great it's definitely like a big like design influence yeah and I was um you know that brings me just because I was looking at a lot of your work I've I've noticed your work for quite a, a bit now and love all the colors and how you've accentuated it and I know it's in your bio bio on how you use post-production in that process can you talk to us more about you know what software you're using um with the background in graphic design how do you apply that to the work that you're doing with your drone content it's kind of 50 50 with this all right if it's something that's a natural landscape, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd just leave it because I think that's what you see and stuff. But something with the quartz, sometimes they'll be quite faded or something. So I'll I'll just like bring out the colors within them. I basically, I start off with categories with Lightroom, bringing everything in as categories. And then from there, I'll sort of make my selects and I'll use, I use Photoshop, like the hue and saturation adjustments. So like just selective areas and things like that to sort of accentuate uh colors it depends i don't want it to look like fake obviously i just want it to be true to what it is originally when i started i only really wanted to take to go out and take photos when it was really sunny this sounds crazy right because like the sun is ruthless when you're trying to take photos but i like the look of the really harsh shadows on the basketball courts and things but then actually like if you were to go out on like an overcast day you'd get a way softer image which means that the colors come out like a lot more once you're in post-production which is something i've just learned like over the years do you have a favorite when it comes to time of day of shooting with your drone i love like either early morning or late afternoon just when you get like a lower sun especially have you ever been to new zealand no but i am dying to go Okay, so we have the like harshest sun in the world. So like we have no ozone layer here. So the light here is like pretty horrible if you're <laughs> shooting. Like it's great for being in the sun, but for photography, it's not a good time. So you really want to like make the most of the earlier or the later. <laughs> Got it. So it sounds like golden hour is your favorite time, but you also enjoy taking photos in the afternoon when there's a lot of sun because you're able to get some of those shadows. And I've seen a lot of, in a lot of your work, there's, you know, people on the basketball court and you can see their shadows. Yeah, it's like, um, I guess I've just kind of like made the most of our light because a lot of those are shot actually like maybe you're at like midday, like 12 o'clock, which is the worst time to shoot photos. But because the sun is so high, you get like quite a proportionate shadow to the, to the person, which makes it like a lot more realistic looking, you know, so you've kind of almost got two perspectives of what's happening. Could you tell us what your most memorable drone experience has been since you've picked up a drone? So I would say that the most memorable experience is probably the sheep. Uh, that was in Hellet in South Australia, it was my uncle's farm. The reason that the sheep had followed the cars, so we were driving all around on the, in this ute that I was photographing and we drove into this paddock. That area of South Australia has been in like the worst drought in 50 years. So as soon as the sheep saw the car, they thought like food. I had to drone up in the air and like 
they just all started coming from everywhere, just this huge triangle. And it was like the most amazing thing to see just the way that that happened. I couldn't believe it when it happened. It was just like, this is the perfect opportunity ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's got to be my most memorable, I think. Yeah, and it's really amazing when you capture those shots and the only way you could have got it is if you were in the sky. And I've seen that image and, you know, we can add it as a link in, in the bio of this podcast. But I was just wondering, like, how did she get that shot? Like, it's so perfect and it's so <laughs> aligns with her style of, you know, ge geometric shapes. And so it's really nice to hear that that was this moment that happened and, you know, I feel like moments sometimes are meant to be and you were meant to be up there with your drone and you were able to capture it in that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I was also reading that you have a, a gaming background. Do I have that right? And uh, you mentioned how, yeah. <laughs> how you liked drones because it reminded you of, you know, playing video games. Can you tell us more about that? And has it, has that, you know, being a gamer if you call yourself that, helped in your your work with your drone piloting. Yeah, it definitely. Like I'm, I am. I would say jammer for sure. Um, I try to like wean myself off of playing them all the time because you know it's it's time consuming. That was one of the other things I think that really hooked me to it when I first started was just you almost feel like you're playing a video game, but you get a take photos at the same time like so I think it just that sort of hand-eye coordination to a screen was really useful for like flying a drone and for our audience in case they're gamers what games do you typically play right now I basically am just playing Call of Duty the new ones and like the older ones like Modern Warfare 1 I really like um and I also love Tony Hawk's all the Tony Hawk's like I grew up playing those were my favorite games um, and I just got the new one that came out so yeah <laughs> skateboarding and shooting games awesome and I see a skateboard um in your background right now hanging on your wall is that something you also do as a hobby yeah I've been pretty lazy recently but yes <laughs> we we have a we got a dog and he's like a terrible skate dog he just tries to bite the board the whole time so it's kind of like slowed down that a little bit but awesome <laughs> Um, no, it's also it's also really nice to hear from, you know, the people I've been interviewing, like what other things they do outside of drones. Um, so it's cool. Gaming and skateboarding. Yeah. I'm sure there's others too, but we'll focus on drones today. Um, so kind of let's pivot the conversation to laws, regulations in New Zealand. And another thing I was reading about is just you have some advantages to how you're flying your drone in New Zealand. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, um, so we have kind of similar, I think, to you guys. We have a thing called a 102 license or a 101. So say you just went, went and bought a drone, you didn't have any license. You can fly it under the rules of 101, which is like you can fly in the daytime between daylight hours in like most areas unless like unless there's specifically no drone zones. So it's quite like you can still do quite a bit of stuff without them. Um, and then if you were to get like your 101 certification, then you're allowed to fly within four kilometers of a aerodrome as long as you contact them and 
like yeah they're all clear and things like that so that's like pretty cool and then you go up like so then if you're really really serious then you go to your 102 certification so basically that gives you like a very open world as long as you can communicate with like aerodromes airports and you're not flying over private property without permission all that sort of thing like you're pretty free to do like most things it's cool to like learn about it i mean say you have no certification. You can do this thing called a sheltered flight, which I think is specific to New Zealand. Do you, do you guys have something called sheltered flight in the States? I don't think that we do. Not that I'm aware of. It's like basically like you could be like across the road from an aerodrome or a heliport or something. And as long as you have a shelter between you and that space where it's gonna be going, you can fly to the level of that. So like say there's a big tree like a big line of trees between you, then you can fly right next to there um, and just stay below that, below the line because obviously like an airplane or a helicopter is never gonna come under that line. So does this apply to airports and could these um, gaps be buildings or it looks like trees? Yeah, yeah, buildings. Um, yeah, as long as like you can like sort of, I guess make like a conscious like look at it and go that's, you know, obviously a plane's not going to come through that. You've got shelter, something similar. I can't remember what it's called, but it can be a building. When you get to, say, like by the Auckland airport or something, there's, there's also like geofencing and all that. So you wouldn't be able to take off unless you had like done all the background um, permissions to do that. But like, it's just really cool because in Auckland city, there's like so many heliports and things around that, like having that ability to do that just makes it like so much freer of being able to fly somewhere say like 90 percent of the parks within Auckland anyways um it changes like within regions but for Auckland like the majority of the parks and things you're allowed like the council says you're allowed to fly a drone there so yeah it's quite like we have we have like it's quite free I guess compared to a lot of places yeah it sounds like it because I don't believe that we have anything of that sort if you're you know if you're close to an airport you need to take off um you need to get some kind of authorization uh, but that's really uh, interesting to learn, and it makes sense in theory. It makes sense if you're if you have some sort of barrier between you and the airport or the heli pad, then you know it's common sense. Especially if you're a licensed drone pilot and you already kind of know yeah. the airspace and the rules. Uh, so yeah, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, so kind of uh, moving over to just maybe what our audience is thinking about and how they can kind of get to your level if they're new to drones. Um, and I know that you've worked with a number of pretty large brands. Is there any advice or valuable lessons that you've learned that you can share with us today? There's a few things. I mean, I guess like one of the main ones is just to continue like working on your own style. And um, I think like uh, something I see a lot is people just getting stuck on into trends of just following what, what you think that other people are going to like instead of just doing your own work because I, once you start to get your own style and people can see that you're, you have a passion for your work and things then you stand out more than if you're going to follow a trend so I, I, I always think that's like a pretty important thing to just remember I guess being like a female within like the industry can sometimes be like a bit intimidating for here anyways I'd say it's like a 99.9% .9 male dominated <laughs> 
industry here generally like older male as well that sometimes they don't seem to like it so much when there's like girls flying germs that and they're taking the jobs but um i think you just gotta like remind yourself that you're doing it like people hire you because they think highly of your work so just not to sort of like doubt yourself i think it's just time eh? i never really planned on doing it commercially it was something that just sort of happened so i think it's just like yeah just doing just being passionate about it and also not doing it just because you just for the money you know like that's that's like a dangerous thing to fall into when you just start to do everything just for money and not because you like it absolutely 100 agree with that and i think uh the passion spills into your work and when that happens the money will come uh it's very important not to follow the money and i think you know with drone photography Many people are passionate about it, uh, but really trying to find your style and trying to find your niche, that's a whole other thing, right? So I'm curious, like, is there anything, any tips that you can give to people? How do you find your own uh, style? How do you find your own niche when it comes to being creative and any type of creative work? I think any artist would have to do that. I guess for finding your own style, like, I think it's just like a lot of practice, but also just kind of not being afraid to to go and shoot something a subject that might sound really weird like I, I don't know how to explain it really but like I've had some like strange ideas when it's like of just taking photos of things that I really had no idea whether I whether it would look good on a drone but then like once you do it I'm like oh that's kind of cool like it's it's interesting to see it it's always fun when you have other people too you can go out and shoot with even if they don't fly the drone like just having friends that are keen to sort of, you know, like help you work on whatever it is you want to do, like all these ideas. Is there any examples you have of weird things that you shot? So I, I had this idea like a couple of years ago now, and I, I really wanted to shoot photo of an astronaut or someone just as an astronaut, like diving into a pool. The only pool that we have is my, my sister's, but it was freezing cold. One of my like good mates was... <laughs> awesome and he dressed up in like an astronaut suit for me and like jumped into this like ice cold water in like the middle of winter at night and I had these uh the loom cube lights so this, this was on the phantom 4 pro because I wanted to test those out that was like part of the idea and yeah I just like it was just heaps of fun like in the end I, to be honest I didn't like I don't think I ever really did much with the photos but it was just fun to do you know and it was like I think stuff like that where you can just just playing around with ideas like is a good idea it's just, like it's just fun it's having fun is the main thing really for me absolutely no that's 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 solid advice you have to have fun with something that you're doing especially if you have a passion for it you know i just want to talk a little bit more about for those that are listening is there any advice you would give to women um, especially within the women who drone community for those who are just getting started or maybe they're already flying drones and they're trying to get noticed. And I know style is one piece of it, um, but is there any uh, any other pieces of advice you would want to share with um, the women that are a part of our community? I think it goes back to maybe what I was saying before of just like not being intimidated to sort of get into the industry because clients and people, businesses and stuff are quite keen to get like a fresh perspective and like women offer that, but you know, there's like, there's differences between a man and a what man and a woman might shoot and it's a great time to do it because I think there's like a huge shift. People are really trying to get more creative, like women into like industries. So yeah, we can just go for it. <laughs> I think 
don't be afraid to like ask for help either from other people and just just learn from your mistakes too it's absolutely that's excellent advice and learning from your mistakes is super key um all right so i want to move into our rapid fire questions I have five questions for you, and you can answer them with uh, one to two words. Uh, so, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. What is your favorite drone to fly? Mavic Pro 2. <laughs> what is your favorite environment to fly in? Australian Outback. What is your favorite memory flying a drone? When 300 sheep followed a truck into a triangle. <laughs> it's more than two words. <laughs> That's okay. I saw that image. Super cool. I guess this is the same one. I bet it's, what is your favorite location you have ever flown in? Wyala Salt Lakes. And then what is your favorite type of shot? Basketball shots. <laughs> Amazing. No, that's really good. Last question. Uh, what is the best way for our listeners to follow your work, get in touch with you? Um, if they wanted to hire you for work, um, how, do they, how do they find you? So yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter or my website. <laughs> Great. So we will be sure to drop all those links in the description of the podcast. Uh, but just want to thank you so much, Petra, again, for waking up early, having a conversation with me about all of the work that you have done. Again, we will drop all the links of uh, Petra Leary and how to get in touch with her if you want to hire her for some drone work in New Zealand or anywhere in the world, I would assume, um, in the description of this podcast. But again, thanks so much, Petra, for being with us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I just wanted to say um, what you're doing is like amazing. It's so cool to see like the community just grow. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we just had our four-year anniversary. So um, uh, always super grateful for all of our brand ambassadors and all of the work that you do and for spreading the word about Women Who Drone. So I also thank you. Uh, cheers. <laughs> cool. 